Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 55. This week was not kind to rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. But pretty interesting week for college football. Yeah, it was a fun week. Uh, baseball was good. We're not going to talk about much of it today because uh, we'll be talking about it a lot next week when we do our MLB postseason preview. Uh, but we got Brett back. Hello, hello. I uh, can't see him, but he's wearing a Carolina Panthers uh, beanie. Uh, yes. So it's good to see his fandom of the Niners gone away so quickly once they lose one game. Hopped on the bandwagon. Uh, Keep pounding, Let's get baby. started with our opener. And my opener is going to be Tucker from 66. Uh, it was an ugly game for the Ravens on Sunday. They didn't play well. Their defense, I mean, honestly, was pretty good. Uh, but their offense just didn't get the job done in the second half. And they sent they, – they were at a fourth and 19. Lamar makes a miraculous play to go get the first down. And then they send out Justin Tucker from 66 yards – it's an NFL record, and he nails the field goal. And uh, now Justin Tucker's in the record books. I think the most impressive thing about this kick is that he didn't do it in Denver. No, he even had to do a little crow hop. Yeah. Get into that one. All right, well, my opener, uh, not great for my teams this week. So I'm going with the Chargers-Kansas City game. Uh, Chargers win 30-24. to Herbert had two great drives to end off the game. Uh, great comeback. And Mike Williams on my fantasy team. Feels great. Yeah, Michael Williams is a beast. For me, it's going to be Gus Johnson. Skyler's been telling us about Gus Johnson for years, what a good announcer he is. He's a His beast. call on the Jamal Agnew 109 field goal missed return touchdown. It, it just made that play even better than what it already was. The play itself, amazing. Gus Johnson on the call, even better. I'm glad he's back in the yeah. NFL. They uh, yeah. kind of blacklisted him to college because he was, you know, too exciting. But he's back. Uh, he's... Exciting's good. Makes he's, makes it even more interesting to watch. So. Yeah, he's the best for sure. And also Jamal Agnew is that dude's pretty fucking special. That dude's at his job too. Uh but something I kind of skipped over before we get into everything else. Our favorite number fifty fives. Uh, <laughs> is it is episode number fifty five? Skeller, do you want to go first? That is true. No, go ahead. Uh, I guess I'll go. So no one is, is Kyle's like frozen on my screen. Okay, no man, we're good. He's back for me. All right. <laughs> um, D Ford. That's the only first, the first, the only fifty-five I can think of. So D Ford's gonna be my pick for number fifty-five, episode fifty-five. Yeah. Uh, let's see. For me, none of these really athletes uh, have a huge connection to me. Uh, but I'll go Earl Hershiser because that will be the show card was pretty good a couple years ago. All right. I got to go with the freak Tim Lincecum. Uh, when I was younger, you know, around the time when he was unstoppable, I had the long hair. I wanted the, uh, the double dip. I had number 25 was the closest I could get to 55 for little league Jersey. And, uh, yeah, I love the freak. Yeah. The freak was pretty good when we were growing up, but now to get to the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week. And man, this is this is kind of crazy. So we we posted this on Monday night, right before the, the Monday night game. And this week's options were Josh Allen, Matt Stafford, Justin Herbert, and Justin Tucker. Pretty good options, I'd say. You two have three quarterbacks who had great games, and then you have a kicker who had made the longest kick of all time. 
And uh, it goes through the night. We got about 10 votes. I think Justin Tucker's in the lead in this one. And then Bill's Mafia hit in the morning. We were attacked it, by Buffalo. I don't know how this happened, but we ended up with 780 votes in our poll. Uh, 16 retweets on our on our tweets. 14 likes. And Josh Allen had 93.2% of the <laughs> votes. Uh, he, he did have a great week, though. His stats went 34 for 43 – or for, 32 for 43, I mean. Uh, 367 total yards and five total touchdowns. Matthew Stafford uh, had 0.9% of the votes. Uh, he had a great week as well, beating Tampa Bay. Justin Herbert had 0.8 of the votes – but perhaps had the biggest one of his career taking down Kansas city. We'll talk more about them in just a little bit. I just Justin did. Tucker. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, but Justin Tucker, uh, 66 yards for, for that field goal. Uh, got 5.1% of the votes, which is kind of shady right. for him, but Bill's mom was my vote over on that one. Yeah. Same. For him too. Yeah. So now y'all want to do the, Jet Niner and Raider Report. Let's get into it. Awesome. Skylar, you first. All right. The Jets lost 26 to nothing to the Broncos. Zach Wilson did not look very good. 160 yards, two interceptions. Uh, one was dropped, but, you know, you can't throw over the middle late to Justin Simmons for, you know, his bad pick of the day. Okay. He was sacked five times and spun out of at least five more. Um Davis and Berrios dropped so many balls this game. Um, Elijah Moore looks all right. He's getting there with the route running, which is good. Uh, we'll get into the positives, I guess. We didn't really have much, but Quentin Williams had a sack and a half. He's finally, you know, being Quentin Williams, mm-hmm. we thought he was going to be. Um, CJ Mosley, Marcus May were cracking skulls all game, which is good to see. But I can't really tell if our defense is good or we're just playing bad teams because Denver did not look good at all this game. It, you know, on paper, 26 to nothing looks like a wrap, but Denver did not look good at all. Uh, I'll give you one example. Um, Tim Patrick, big receiver on the outside, uh, was going up against Brandon Eccles, rookie corner, six rounder from Kentucky. On the first two drives of the game, he had four catches for 90 yards. He was unstoppable. And they just didn't go back to that matchup the rest of the game, which doesn't make sense to me. Uh, so hopefully our defense is better, but I'm leaning towards Denver's kind of bad. <laughs> I hope that's true. For the Niners, it was a heartbreaker. Uh, Sunday night football, Aaron Rodgers strikes. You know, it was it was a 30-28 loss. Mason Crosby hit a 51-yard field goal as time expired. But to me, this game was won by Green Bay really in the first half. It was 17-0 going into the last drive. Niners scored a late touchdown in the first half. And to me, this game was lost by three people. It was Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo, and D'Amico Ryans. The game plan offensively doesn't match up with what Shanahan normally does, and that's run the ball. The run sets up the pass, and Shanahan was unable to get that going with the exception of one drive early in the second half where Trey Sermon, rookie running back, had a couple nice carries. D'Amico Ryans failed to make any adjustments in covering Devonta Adams, which is really the one guy doing anything for Green Bay. And Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I don't know if there's anything to say about Jimmy Garoppolo that hasn't already been said. Just a little lackluster, missed some easy throws. 
threw the ball backwards for a fumble and didn't manage the clock tremendously down the stretch. Uh, in other news, he signed a cornerback today, Buster Scrine, to replace Gordon yeah. Williams, who was hurt <laughs> and is out a couple weeks. And Just legend. we have still been talking to Richard Sherman, and Maurice Hurst should be back this week. Oh, good there old go. Mo Hurst. Uh, Raiders improved to 3-0 over the weekend, uh, beating the Dolphins at home. Uh, it was a pretty ugly game. They played terrible in the first quarter and the fourth quarter. Uh, those two com- quarters combined, the Raiders got beat 25-8. to eight, But in the second quarter, third quarter, and overtime, Raiders won 23-3 uh, to three and ended up winning the game 31-28. to 28. Uh, So he hit the 21 yard field goal to win the game. Uh, Ended up winning at 31 to 28. Sorry about my connection though. It's been pretty boofed today for whatever reason. Uh, But ugly game. Uh, Carr played great again, except for his one pick six. Peyton Barber had 148 yards uh, all purpose, which was kind of crazy and unexpected. Uh, Brian Edwards, Henry Ruggs, Renfro and Waller are all on pace for a thousand yard seasons. Defense played decent, uh, but they had some shaky parts, but still a lot better than last year. All right. So I'll take a win though. On to where's your head at? And we are going to talk about the chiefs first because they are in a spot that we really haven't seen them in a long time. They are under 500 after week one for the first time since 2015 when they started off the season one and five and then proceeded to win uh i think it was 10 straight games after that and they they made the playoffs but i don't think that this chiefs team is going to be a 12 and five or whatever it is this year uh but are they still your afc favorite we talked about this last week after the loss and we're going to talk about it again i still think they have to be uh as long as Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are there, uh, which is interesting because Andy Reid was sick last week, taken to the hospital after the game. And I, I think he's all good to go. They just wanted to yes. check, check up on him. But, uh, you know, and this is even before, before any of this, it's, uh, they need those two guys. As long as those two guys are there, sorry, as long as those two guys are there, they are the favorites. They have to be, but Buffalo looks pretty unstoppable. So if Andy Reid needs a couple weeks to rest or Patrick Mahomes, uh, I don't know, keeps being Superman out there, could switch over to the Bills. I think it's one step further from just Reid and Mahomes. I think if Kelsey or Tyreek Hill go down as well, that, that team's put in a tough situation. I think those two guys as weapons are very vital to what they do, and they don't have quite as many weapons as they have had in years past. And they've yet to really establish the run game, which I think is what's hurting them right now. They're relying on Mahomes to do a bit too much. They did bring in Josh Gordon this week, which I don't know how much he'll help. But as of right now, I'd still have to say they're the favorites. The Browns and Bills, both very good teams and options. But it's still really hard to bet against the Chiefs. Uh, at this point, it, like Brett said, it's very hard to bet against the Chiefs, but I'm going to do it. Uh, I think the Bills are a better team right now. Just the Chiefs' defense in general just has shown in the first two weeks that they have no way to possibly stop at all. They can't do a single thing uh, against the run. They've allowed like 400 yards in the first two games of the season on the run. Uh, and even though their offense is very, very good, like Brett said, just one guy goes down, then, then it's all done for them. And the Bills, I think it's shown in the first week that the, that game against the Steelers was a fluke. Uh, 
des- destroy the Dolphins. They put up a ton of points against Washington. And uh, I'd say Buffalo is my favorite in the AFC right now. Now on to the Rams and the NFC side, or just the NFL in general. They, I didn't watch this game between the Rams and the Buccaneers because the Raiders were playing when that was going on. So I watched the highlights, and it looked like the Rams had a lot of control of that game throughout the whole, the whole contest. Uh, but are the Rams the best team in the NFL? Well, if this was college football, they'd be number one. You know, a top five team taking down number one. Mm-hmm. They'd uh, flip them around. I think they do have the best roster, but Tampa Bay is going to get their revenge. You know they will. Um, it's it's hard to explain what's going on in Tampa Bay. You know, it's not like they got any better. It's just they maintain. They got Brady, man. You already when you maintain and you're already Super Bowl champions. It's yeah. kind of crazy. I think Skyler hit the nail on the head here. I think if we were looking at a, a ranking system of one through 32 right now, you would see the Rams at number one, but, and, it, and I also agree. They probably have the best roster top to bottom. You could argue, I think the bucks are the only other team you could probably argue, but come playoff time. I just don't know if they have what it takes to be, you know, the pedigree of Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady is what, 44 years old now. And he's still the difference. I just don't see I don't see a team beating the Bucks twice in one season. I think that's just what it comes down to. Yeah, the Bucks were a team that we we had a lot of doubts in uh, coming into last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a obviously two losses to the Saints, and we thought maybe the Saints were the kryptonite. They had the loss to the Bears that was just super uncharacteristic of Brady. Uh, and then they got to the postseason and just destroyed everyone. It looked like they were unstoppable on both sides of the ball. But with this Rams team and Matthew Stafford, like Matthew Stafford just looks so comfortable. So that, and I thought there would be more of like a, a period where we just we don't see him settle in. He has a bad game maybe and drops this one or drops the game against the Bears or doesn't play well against them. Uh, but we haven't seen that at all. Stafford's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league so far. Uh, we'll see where he is in all of our MVP rankings once we get to that later on in the show. Uh, so I'm going to say, yeah, the, the Rams are, are crazy right now on both sides of the ball. They have two best defensive players in the league on the defensive side of the ball and Aaron Donald and uh, Jalen Ramsey. And as of right now, they have a top five offense in the NFL as well. I think uh, what we do need to look out for, though, is if the Rams go down early, they haven't had to come back. All right. So we talked about the Rams, talked about the Chiefs. Uh, let's talk about another or not another 3-0 team, but. Yes, 3-0 team. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, unexpected. Uh, three decent wins, two of them really good against the Ravens and the Steelers, and then coming back home and beating the Dolphins. I'm going to kind of stand back on this question because I feel mm-hmm. like I'll be biased, uh, but how good are the Raiders? The offense is hot right now. I think if you plug in any skill position, Derek Carr is going to put up numbers. I don't think... They're getting lucky. I don't think it's inability to finish, but there's just something about this team that I don't trust. It's even in the Pittsburgh game. They hung around until about five minutes left. And it's sorry, even later than that, they, they got a field goal and had a chance at the end, but um, the playoff spot is theirs to lose. They've looked good enough so far. The issue here is this is not the 12 and four team. They don't have those playmakers. So I think Raider fans uh, don't be upset when you get, start giving up 40 points a game. I think they'll still be all right, but it, it's not the team that uh, everyone thinks 
they are, at least is my theory. So my take on the Raiders is this team will go as far as their defense will let them. I think the offense, as long as Derek Carr is healthy, the offense is going to put up numbers. They proved it last year. They brought back a very similar offense with some exceptions from the offensive line. Um, they've put up good numbers this year. Waller, Renfro, good weapons. They have other good weapons. Brian Edwards has looked good. Ruggs has looked much improved. The run game has been good with whoever they've tried to run it with so far. The question for me is the defense going to be able to sustain the play that they've had so far. It hasn't been top defense, but it's been mid-tier, which is something the Raiders haven't had in 20 years. It hasn't even been a mid-tier defense. If that defense can sustain that level, stay healthy, keep Casey Hayward, who I think is the biggest addition to that defense healthy uh, along with some other guys then this team will be a playoff team I think they'll be a playoff team no matter what just because the offense is that good and the three wins that they had were three other tougher games on the schedule but it, I, I agree with Skyler it will get a little worse as the season goes on but I think this team is good enough to be a playoff team and will be a playoff team yeah so I'm not going to say how good I think the Raiders are because that'll be biased, but I will say the facts in my opinion. And I think a fact is that this offense is like a top five offense in the NFL. I think this is very legitimate offense. Carr has a chance to put up insane numbers. Uh, there's, like I said earlier, there's four targets that ha- are on pace for a thousand yard seasons. Obviously that will probably fall off because that just seems a little too crazy, but I mean, three guys with like nine or four guys of 900 plus yards in a season would, would be something real with this team. And I think when you have that and that many weapons, it's kind of just pick your poison at that point. And even without Jacobs in two of these games is they've gotten good production from, from some of the running backs. Payne Barber's been pretty damn good. Uh, Drake's been really good out of the backfield as a receiver. Not really much as a runner so far as he's averaging 2.1 yards per carry, but I think there's something special on the offense and on the defensive side of the ball. The secondary's held up quite well. The linebackers have been a bit shady when it comes to like uh, zone coverage and on passing plays, but run they've been good. And the, the defensive line has been something I've been really shocked with. Uh, Crosby's development the last the year has been something that is absurd to me. And he, I don't think he's just good, but he does some of the things things that Khalil Mack used to do where he just powers through a couple guys and makes a crazy move and and disrupts the quarterback. And that's something that's very encouraging to see when you had maybe three good defensive players on your team in the last 20 years. Let's go to the opposite side of the ball. Now with the Colts, they're owing three, three losses that they've had some tough games, but they've lost every single game so far this season. And if you're a Colts fan, what is your level of panic? On a rating through panic. one through ten. One through ten. It's going to be nine out of ten. Okay, the offense has been bad this year. And Wentz won't stay healthy because the O-line is now bad for whatever reason. Obviously, they lost their left tackle. That's big. But uh, now the defense is below average, too. They're just – they're really old on defense. You know, obviously, Darius Leonard's great. They have uh, some young – guys on the D line, but everyone else is really old and they need to get out of purgatory right now, whether that's making a couple trades or just blowing it up. They have to, if they want to be back where they were when they had Andrew Luck. If I'm a Colts fan, 
I think my panic level is only around a six or a seven, just because of the fact of how bad that division has been um, and is. Because, I mean, you're in a division with Jacksonville and Houston. Those two teams are going to be at the bottom. The only team you really have to worry about is are the Titans two and one or one and two? Two and one. Two and one. I mean, the Titans at this point are definitely the favorites in that division, but you're going to have, you know, games against that team or against that team to make up ground. I think the Colts are going to bounce back. I think there is some concern about how much or how is Wentz going to stay healthy because, I mean, I mean, even with Wentz healthy, they haven't looked that great. So, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I haven't watched enough of them to really judge their defense or, you know, their speed from age, but I'm not as concerned as I would be in a different division. I would say – my level of panic is going to be an eight because even though you have those games against the Texans and the Jaguars and the Jets, because they're playing that division this year, you, the Titans also play those exact same teams. And so they're going to get those exact same wins probably in all five of those games that they play against those bottom of the barrel teams in the league. And then the Colts have these games where they have to win the majority of them. And I think that those games are the Ravens, the Niners, the Titans, obviously, when they play them again, the Bills, the Buccaneers, the Cardinals, and the Raiders. And in those games, if you don't win the majority of them, majority of them you're just going to be at the bottom. Like you're not – or not the bottom of the division because there's two teams there that are probably going to win one or two games this year. But you're going to be at the bottom when it comes to AFC standings because there's a lot of good teams in the AFC. Even if it's not the, the teams that we expected, like the Steelers – there's some good teams in the Bengals and the Broncos that you're going to have to worry about. On to the Steelers, though. Uh, actually, let's go to halftime. Uh, let's put it here. All right. Now, why did you do it? You know you got the mad fat fluid when you rhyme. It's halftime. All right, this is halftime. Kyle's going to start it off with some NFL news. We got some more NFL news after that. Some quick stuff, rookie quarterbacks, and then college. After that, yeah. So let's uh, quickly go over uh, what happened in week three. If you didn't weren't able to watch any of the games or weren't able to look at our Twitter at all, uh, but the Panthers played the Texans on Thursday night and improved to three three and zero, twenty four to nine win over Texans. That was Davis Mills' first start. Skyler, we'll talk about him more in a little bit. The Raiders beat the Dolphins. We already talked about that. Bills destroyed the Washington football team. Kind of shocking there. We'll talk more about the Washington defense in a little bit. Uh, as the Bills win 43-21. to 21. Browns played the Bears, and the Bears O-line had no shot. Uh, we'll talk more about Justin Fields here in a little bit. 26-6 uh, to 6 win for the Browns. Ravens defeated the Lions in that crazy game winner for Justin Tucker. 19-17 uh, to 17 game there. Titans defeated the Colts, uh, 25 to 16 chargers took down the chiefs in what was Justin Herbert's probably biggest win of his young career, uh, 30 to 24, uh, saints beat the Patriots 28 to 13, pretty boring game there. Falcons beat the giants on a young ho coup, uh, game winning field goal. Giants are 0 and three. Now Bengals defeat the Steelers in Pittsburgh, 24 to 10, Big win for Joey Burrow and the squad there. They play again on Thursday. Cardinals beat the Jaguars 31-19. Trevor Lawrence didn't play well again. Uh, Jaguars play the Bengals on Thursday night, so that will be coming up here in a couple days. 
Broncos shut out the Jets 26 to 0. We already talked about that though. Rams defeat the Buccaneers 34 to 24. Good showing for the Rams as they take down the Super Bowl champs. The Vikings probably with the upset of the week, 30 to 17 win over the Seahawks. That offense looks good in Minnesota and that defense looks bad in Seattle. Uh, next up, we had the Sunday night game, a thriller game, Aaron Rodgers game winning drive. Brett talked about that already a little bit, uh, 30 to 28 win for the Packers. And then Monday night, we had the return of Dak to AT&T stadium, uh, in Dallas after his horrific injury last year, and they destroyed the Eagles 41 to 21. And that pretty much sums up week three. All right. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, it was not a kind week for rookie quarterbacks. So let's talk about them. <laughs> uh, man, we'll start off with Davis Mills from Stanford. Gets his first oh, yeah. career start for the Texans. They lose 24 to nine, only 168 passing yards, one touchdown, sacked four times. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't upset with this. This is probably better than a lot of people expected him to play. And he didn't turn the ball over. Uh, you know, it's it's tough when you have no support around you. You're playing against a, a pretty hot team like Carolina. Yeah, I don't want to be biased either, but as a Stanford fan, I mean, Mills looked, looked good in my opinion as far as what he had available to him. I know 168 yards is rough, but there was times when this dude couldn't even look at his receivers by the time that he was getting sacked and getting hit. And he just had no support from the run game, and he was going against a tough defense in Carolina's. Even as a non, no bias, I, I'm not understanding. I thought Mills looked fairly solid, especially for what was given to him, like Kyle said. And on a short week. I, I thought it was a good performance, yeah. All right. Next guy, Zach Wilson. Talked about him a little bit. 160 yards, two picks, five sacks. Never really got settled at all against Denver. Yeah. I don't know what you say there. Yeah, that one's all you if you want to elaborate. I don't Uh, watch that game. I did my Jets talking for the day. (laughs) All right, the next one, (laughs) Justin Fields, first career start, gets slammed by Cleveland. He was 6 for 20, 68 passing yards. He was sacked nine times, just like Ferris Bueller, nine times. It was basically uh, the same thing as Mills, except for he had less time in the pocket. I actually did watch that game. I, even though the line for Fields looked bad, I don't put this one. I, I mean, there's definitely some fault. I'm sure he could have done some stuff with the, you know, blocking schemes and delivery. But he was given no chance on most of these plays. Miles Garrett and that Cleveland defensive line were on him in an instant. All right, the next guy it's Mac Jones from Alabama. Patriots lost 28 to 13 to the Saints, and this was. Mac Jones' first bad start of his career, I think it's fair mm-hmm. to say. He threw the ball 51 times because they couldn't get the running game going. 270 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, two sacks. Uh, he had a little uh, Zach Wilson happy feet in him this game. Uh, just trying not to get killed out there because he was throwing the ball, dropping back every time. Yeah, one thing I noticed about this is that this was the the Patriots' first time this year where they were playing behind in the game even in the Dolphins game they weren't down by much when they were down and so they weren't really in the spot where they're going to have to pass the ball three four times in a row and obviously versus the Jets they didn't really have to do that and so playing behind we we couldn't see or we didn't see the the safe Mac Jones that we saw in the first two weeks and I think that kind of costed him here 
All right. The next guy, Trevor Lawrence for Jacksonville, 219 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, sacked three times against the Cardinals defense. And honestly, I think this is on Urban Meyer. You know, this is not college. Like he said the other day, it's like we're playing Alabama every week. Well, yeah, you, when you're playing a good defense, <laughs> you can't yeah. throw the ball late over the middle 12 times a game. It just won't work. Yeah, there isn't there isn't the holes in, in an NFL defense the way that there would be in a college defense because the players are better, players are smarter, and they know where to be, and they know how to adjust. And that's the biggest thing once it comes to the NFL is the ability to, to be flexible and adjust in your coverage. All right. And the last guy? It's Trey Lance. Didn't get the start. Had a couple snaps. Uh, had a rushing touchdown on fourth down, which was pretty cool. And mm-hmm. just other than that was a decoy in a couple of plays. Yeah. So interesting. Same thing that we've seen from Trey Lance so far. When he's in, he does good. And when he's not, he looks pretty on the sidelines. Five career snaps, two touchdowns. Pretty good ratio. That is pretty good. All right. So now we're going to move on to some notable injuries. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey is a big one. He's got the hamstring injury. He's looks like he's going to be out for a couple of weeks, which sucks. It sucks for Sam Darnold, sucks for the Panthers, sucks for my fantasy team. Go pick up Chuba Hubbard if you don't have him yeah. already, though, because uh, he's going to be a guy who's in your league. Or maybe if you're Brett's complete mystery guy, go get Royce Freeman. It's not Royce Freeman. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. But right. There is a league winner out there. I'm just going to run through some of these here so we don't uh, spend all of our time on them. Uh, Two corners for San Francisco, Norman, K1 Williams, questionable for next week. They're out. Um, AJ Brown, Titans star receiver, hamstring injury, ruled out after the first quarter. Don't know about him yet either. Uh, For the Colts, Quentin Nelson carted off with an ankle injury. X-rays were negative. Still don't know if he's going to be out, though. I heard Um, it was a high ankle sprain but I'm not sure that would be tough. Uh, Justin Mm -hmm. Herbert is likely, I don't know if there's an official uh, word for that. He's not questionable, but he's yeah. Okay. There we go. He's probable Probable, after he he smacked his hand on a, uh, on a chief helmet in that game. Uh, Justin Fields did the same thing, but apparently he's fine. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster rib injury, Blake Martinez tore his ACL out for the year. That sucks for the giants. And KJ Hamler, mm, that was yeah. a bad one. He went up, made a crazy catch against the Jets, and just wrecked his leg. Yeah, I don't know if there's graphic or anything, but KJ Hamler torn ACL. That's something not just big for his season, but big for his career when you're a speedster like him. Mm. All right, a couple uh, more things here for the NFL. Josh Gordon. Like Brett said, signed with Kansas City, just got reinstated the other day, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and J.C. Horn is out for Carolina. So what do they do? They go out and trade for C.J. Henderson, former first-round pick from Jacksonville. That's a pretty big one. Yeah, he was the guy that was get, getting shopped in training camp. Uh, and now they finally make the move. I think Dan, Dan Arnold was the guy going back to Jacksonville yes. on that one. Yeah, and then kind of shitty situation for Dan Arnold. Swap. Go to... Yeah. To three and zero to zero and three, and uh, the last thing I don't know if you were going to say it together yeah. was Jamie Collins. Uh, yes, he got true. released today. Uh, they were Lions are talking about uh, trading him last few weeks. Couldn't find a trade partner, so now he's, I guess, on the waiver wire. All right, now let's get into some college football. 
All right. So the first game I want to talk about Notre Dame and Wisconsin. Uh, this was my upset pick of the week. Notre Dame over Wisconsin. They won 41 to 13. All right. This was a great game for three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, Notre Dame outscored them 31 to three. That defense is crazy for Notre Dame. There you go. Fighting Irish. <laughs> All right. The next game I want to talk about Arkansas takes down Texas A&M 20 to 10. Texas A&M has kind of been a mystery team. A lot of their players left after last year uh, mm-hmm. and they finally lose to Arkansas. Um, <laughs> Arkansas, I guess, is the new mystery team. The young quarterback <laughs> KJ Jefferson is doing his thing this year. Um, six touchdowns, two interceptions. All right. All right. And receiver Traylon Burks. At 170 yards. <laughs> All right. Now let's uh let's get into some more interesting ones. Uh NC State takes down Clemson, a very popular upset pick this week. Last week I said I didn't think Clemson was a top 25 team. And here they go. They lose in double overtime. DJ Uyungalele. Something like horrible. That. 111 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. And the defense got destroyed by NC State. Yeah, you were we were talking about uh, I think it was last week how we're gonna understand how to say Ui Lungo Lele's last name a lot better once he's in the NFL. But <laughs> within the there. first few weeks, we haven't really seen much indicating that he is gonna be in the NFL. I mean, I assume that he still is going to be because he's this super high prospect, but mm. I mean being good in high school doesn't get you into the into the league. It doesn't. All right, and the last big game I wanted to talk about. Unranked Georgia Tech takes down North Carolina, 45 to 22. Sam Howell played great, 308 yards, two touchdowns. He's finally getting the hang of it, you know, playing without any help. But the you can't win games without help. That's the thing in college football. They couldn't stop the triple option. Sims from Georgia Tech was was pretty crazy. Through the air and on the ground. You don't see yeah. very often the triple option. Yeah. And before we get into Heisman rankings, do you want me to just go over the AP poll really quick on what we saw this week? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so number 25 down 16 spots is Clemson. They barely stay in. So Skyler's wish or not, or a prediction I'd say of them being not a top 25 team in college football isn't quite there yet, but we'll see. Uh, Wake Forest, 24th team, uh, NC State, 23 Auburn 22, Baylor 21, UCLA 20, Oklahoma State 19, Fresno State up four spots to 18, Michigan State uh, to 17, Coastal Carolina 16, Texas A&M down a ton of spots to 15, Michigan, shout out Alex, could have talked about them, who's on the pod today, they're to 14. Yeah, COVID. Yeah, true. Uh, BYU at 13. Ole Miss at 12, we'll, we'll see a big game this weekend. That's mm-hmm. why I was going to talk about it more uh, once we get there later on in the show. Ohio State down one spot to 11. Florida State up a spot to 10. Notre Dame up a few spots to 9. Arkansas flies up the board, the biggest mover of this week. They go to 8, practically just take a Tamu spot in the, the rankings. Cincinnati goes up one spot to seven. Oklahoma down a couple spots after Spencer Rattler's rough game. Uh, six, Iowa stays the same at five. Penn State at number four, kind of crazy there. Oregon still at number three. Georgia number two. And Alabama number one. 
this is this is gonna be an interesting year. I, I think in college football, this is this is the time, uh, but we haven't seen it in a co- couple years where there isn't that group of three or four teams that just sets themselves away from the others in, in the early yeah. going. We've seen good showings from teams that we didn't expect, but that it doesn't really mean that they're just that very very top tier teams that are just better than everyone. I mean, maybe Bama, but they've still had their own struggles in this year. All right. Let's get to the Heisman watch. This is one of my favorite parts mm-hmm. of the podcast. I only have five for you. I think we're we're pretty close to that part of the year where it's down to five guys. We don't need any honorable mentions. It's going to be one of these five guys, unless one of the uh, guys I talked about last week, I don't want to spoil, but, uh, you know, it goes nuts. Mm-hmm. We'll start off with number five. He's a big NFL prospect. I've been waiting for some consistency from him to put him on this list, and he's got it. It's Malik Willis, the Liberty quarterback. He lost last week to Syracuse, which was tough. But he did have three touchdowns, no interceptions, ran the ball pretty good. He's got 14 total touchdowns and zero interceptions. Um, And he he transferred from Auburn two years ago when they chose Bo Nix over him. I think uh, Auburn made a big mistake with that one. And watch out for Malik Willis. All right, number four, another new guy, uh, Mr. Iron Man himself, Jake Hayner. Last week, 378 yards, five touchdowns, one interception against UNLV. He's first in passing in the nation. We've seen this man tear his groin completely apart, stay in the game and win it. Uh, I love this dude. I had to put him on my list. That's fair. All right. Number three, it's B. John Robinson with a stock up, 191 total yards and a touchdown against Texas Tech. They uh, put up 70 points, and a big part of that was because of B. John and like I've been saying, this guy is someone to keep your eye on. He's going to be a high pick in a couple of years. Number one and two, they're going to stay the same. Number two, Matt Corral. He had a bye week. Uh, so I'll just talk about some of his stats. 14 total touchdowns, no interceptions. The dude, it seems like he has 400 passing yards, 150 rushing yards every week. Uh, he's playing at Bama next week. That's going to be Biggest exciting. game of his life. Yeah. Biggest game of his life before. If he has a good showing... He is just going to be that dude. Yes, he will be. But right now, that dude is still Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. Another game with over 300 passing yards, five touchdowns, one interception against uh, Southern Miss. And I'll get more into this game later, but this is Bryce Young's Heisman to lose right now. If Matt Corral has anything similar to what he's been doing, he's going to be the clear front runner. Yeah, All right, and that's fair. the Heisman watch. On to where's your head at again after halftime concludes. The second half. Re- yeah, second half. Uh, first thing we're going to talk about is Big Ben. Uh, it was a rough game against uh, the Bengals, and we thought going into this game, I think we all picked the Steelers in this one. Uh, we thought it was going to be somewhat of a cakewalk game. Bengals defense hasn't been that good the last few years, and they – just kind of put it to Big Ben in this game. I, I know Najee Harris had 14 receptions, which is kind of one of the weirdest stat lines of the week, but not the weirdest. Uh, the I think the weirdest stat line of the week has to go to Jalen Waddle, who had 12 catches for 58 yards. It's kind of more like a running back stat, but uh, back to Big Ben. Big Ben sucked. He wasn't good. Threw a couple picks. Is it time for Big Ben to hang him up? Surprisingly, no. It's not time yet. He's more efficient than a lot of the younger quarterbacks and any of the backups or, you know, bridge type quarterbacks other than Bridgewater. Um, (laughs) 
Najee Harris is helping him out a lot. He's at that point in his career where he's not a runner anymore. If the pressure comes, he flips it to Najee. And like you said last week, Kyle, that's why Najee stayed an extra year at Bama. He's great at that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. This is not the long-term plan for Pittsburgh, but there's nobody else. So I wouldn't be upset if he stays another year. If I were Big Ben, I think this would be my last year. Um, The biggest reason... I, I just don't think he looks that good. It's, it's not so much on him. It's it's the offensive line for the Steelers. They haven't get. I mean, Najee had 14 catches, but the reason he had that 14 catches is that they weren't able to establish a running game. The the Steelers are relying too much on the passing attack. I mean, even last year we saw this. So I, I don't think Ben's bad in a sense, but I, I think his body's beat up. He doesn't look agile. And if he's going to be back there to flip it to Najee, I think the Steelers should move on, try to get a younger guy. I think it's I think it's time to groom for the future for the Steelers. This Big Ben talk has been like something we've talked about the last few years. Uh, obviously, we haven't been doing the podcast for that long, but something like when Big Ben got hurt with his elbow and went out for the year, we're thinking, is this, is this last Big Ben? Last year going into the season, we thought, is this last Big Ben? They go 11-0 or whatever to start the season. Uh, and then kind of fizzles off. And then this year, it's the same exact thing to start the season. Should Big Ben still be there? And I think this is finally the time that we say, no, uh, Big Ben is not what he was anymore. Uh, he just doesn't look good in general. He obviously no old line is helping him right now uh, or not helping him right now. And he's just getting rushed. He already throws the ball quick, but it's not working right now. And he only has three touchdowns in three games, and he also has three interceptions. She's not the same anymore, but Pittsburgh is down bad if, if he leaves. I, I think Big Ben is still, like, probably the 20th best quarterback in the league right now, but they don't have anybody near, like, the top 50 if they mm. were to to not have him when anymore. So I think they got to be set up with, with a draft position this year. And so I think maybe – Losing 11 games, 12 games for the Steelers, I don't think they'll do this, but wouldn't be the worst idea if they go ahead and get a high draft pick and take take uh, the highest or the second highest quarterback in the draft board. Go get season. Malik Willis, get a little rivalry with uh, Lamar Jackson going. Maybe, who knows? Uh, that wouldn't be a bad idea, though. <laughs> That'd be a fun offense uh, with the guys that they have there and the receivers. Uh, I think Big Ben substituted out for a, a better quarterback would be something crazy in Pittsburgh. Now let's go to the Washington football defense or football team defense. Uh, who they should they've been to that. Yeah, they've <laughs> been terrible. Uh, this start of the season, we thought that they were going to be a solid defense, obviously lead, uh, Washington to whatever they were going to do this year, but they allowed 30 or 29 points to the giants last week. And then they allowed 43 points to the bills. I know the bills have a great offense, but they were just getting ran over in this game so what's wrong with that team over there in washington well first off chase young has done nothing to help them out uh he has no tackles for loss or sack at all this year uh maybe a couple quarterback hits uh and i think the biggest thing here is the secondary is built really weird they have extreme specialists you know like william jackson's great against man coverage uh only you know uh fuller's only good in zone apke is only good in zone and uh just against Buffalo, they were on the field a long time. And especially in that game, six quarterback hits, but no sacks 
and only two tackles for loss. They're not getting, they're getting there, but they're not getting there quick enough. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, it seems like Jonathan Allen's the only guy helping them out on defense. And uh, maybe it's, it's just the teams they were playing. But yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if you can say it's the team they're playing when you're, you put, you get, you're, you're letting the Giants put up numbers on you. I don't think the Giants are that great of an offensive team, especially with Daniel Jones. And that's been the only game I've been able to watch this Washington football team defense. And I think Skyler hit it right on the head. They're not getting the pressure this team was expected. Uh, the front seven was supposed to be the strength of this team. They have, I think, four or five first-round picks or former first-round picks up front. They're not getting to the quarterback. The secondary, in my opinion, was, was never the strongest. And when you're not getting pressure, the secondary is kind of hung out to dry. That's why the Niners were so good the past, you know, a couple years ago. Their secondary wasn't the greatest, but they were getting to the quarterback. The secondary didn't have to be great to make plays. So I think it starts with the front, the front seven for Washington getting to the quarterback. Because the pass has really been what's hurt them. I I was looking at the roster on this this team, especially on their defense, and I it was just weird. Like they have a very good defensive roster, and uh, I mean, last year we saw great things from from this defense. They they were good, they were exciting. We kind of just thought that this was going to be one of the better defenses in the league the next few years, just because the the youngness and the longevity that this defense was going to have. And then this year they just they put up this showing. I think part of part of it has to do with the time of possession. I think they might be a little bit tired. Uh, they're out there 35 minutes a game right now. Their their offense is. I mean, 25 minutes a game isn't that bad. It's not to the point where the Seahawks are at right now, where their offense is like too efficient uh, for their defense. But the offense needs to hold the ball a little bit longer. Uh, and I know this is a question about their defense, but. They seem to be out there less. I, I think that's the main thing. And yeah, obviously Henry doesn't doesn't help the defense. Yeah, uh, and maybe one thing with their offense, I was looking at uh, the the guys, their their targets. They like besides McLaurin and Logan Thomas, who I think is a he's above average tight end, but he's nothing crazy. He's a quarterback. They just don't have much. Their second best wide receiver is Adam Humphreys. Well, they're missing they're missing their second best receiver right now. Yeah, uh, true. Curtis Samuel is out, which I think will be a big help. He's kind of a gadgety guy, but mm. you're right. He just so maybe once they get him back, it's going to be a little bit different for their defense. But it's kind of weird how that correlates. Getting wide receiver back actually helps your defense. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes in the next few weeks. Uh, I'm not sure what their schedule is for the next few. Let me check real quick. Uh, but we will see their defense up against the Falcons this week. So maybe a bit of a confidence booster. The Saints the week after that. So. Should be a good game there. And then the Chiefs in week six. And we all know how that might go. (laughs) Now on to the last thing of where's your head at. And it's probably the most fun one where we go through our top five and the MVP, our top candidate for deploy right now, and our top three in uh, general rookie of the year. Uh, So do you guys have any honorable mentions uh, for your MVP that you want to talk about before we get into the list? I do not. I just got a five. Yeah. So I, I have a couple honorable mentions. I'm not going to get tuned it up for them, but I just want to say their names. Lamar Jackson, who's been really good this year. Uh, I guess I'll big... say I, I got to go Kyler Murray then. Yeah, he just missed my top five, so I'll go Kyler Murray. Uh, I was going to go Kirk Cousins, too. Kirk Cousins has been really, really good for Minnesota so far. And then lastly, Josh Allen. Uh, he's been good in the last few games. 
Mm-hmm. But number five, uh, Skyler, you go first. All right, number five, I'm going with Miles mm-hmm. Garrett. He gets the nod over Kyler Murray um, just because he's unstoppable. He was my pick for Depoy, and thanks to last week, that's looking pretty good now. I guess if I had an honorable mention, it would be Chandler Jones because I had Chandler Jones slash Miles Garrett in the slot. But at number five, I have Miles Garrett as well. Uh, this is the not the only non-quarterback I have it in my rankings because I we all know this uh, MVP award is a quarterback award, even yeah. though it probably shouldn't be. Uh, and so number five, I went with Cooper Cup. He's been the best wide receiver in the NFL so far, and that's like pretty much undoubtedly. He has 367 yards in three games, five touchdowns, 25 receptions, and it's been week after week after week that we've seen these great games from Cooper Cup. All right. On to number four. Number four, I'm going with Derrick Henry, my last non-quarterback. He's on pace for 2,200 yards, and uh, he was a little questionable week one, but now he's catching the ball. He's running people over again. It's uh, looking great for Derrick Henry. For my top four spots, I got quarterbacks on all of them. I have Kyler Murray. Guys just missed out on Skyler's top five. I have him at number four. Cardinals are 3-0. A lot thanks to what he's doing. Hasn't been quite as lethal with the legs yet this year, but I expect the rushing numbers to increase as the season goes on. Number four for me, I went with Kyler Murray as well. Uh, he's been good. He's just the turnovers, man. That's the only thing yeah. that's hindering him on this list. And then number three, Skyler. All right, number three, I'm going with Derek Carr. He's leading the league in passing yards. He's got the hot hand right now. Uh, he should be on this list for most of the year. Thanks to the defense, he'll be passing the ball a lot. I have Brady at number three. The numbers for Brady have been just as good as anyone else. The loss this week bumps him down just a little bit behind the guys I have at the top two. Number three, I also went to Brady. I uh, threw for a shit ton of yards yet again, uh, but the loss is, is the big thing here, and that's why he's not a little bit higher on this list. But besides that, Brady's been pretty much perfect since week one. Number two. All right, number two, I'm going with Matt Stafford. This is the guy I think that's been pretty much perfect all year. Um, again, like we talked about, he hasn't really – had to step up uh, other than, you know, those uh, first and 10 play action deep shots, of course, but that's not what we're talking about here. Um, but there's just one guy who's above him right now. We'll get into that. At number two, I have Carr. Scott, I mentioned earlier, leads league in passing yards. Raiders offense looks lethal. Three, and know, he's been clutched on the stretching games. They've had two overtime wins where he's executed drives in both of them. It's hard not to like what he's doing right now. I'm going to do it. Number two, I went with Matthew Stafford. Stafford's Mm. been absolutely amazing so far. He's been that missing piece for the Rams, uh, in my opinion, uh, that they haven't had the last few years of how Jared Goff has been playing. And he really hasn't made a bad play so far. I I don't remember what his pick was on, but uh, nine touchdowns, 942 yards. And uh, he's my second in this. Who's your number one, Skyler? I'm going with Tom Brady. He is 44 and he's throwing the ball down the field. Like he's 24. Um, he's not even racking up the stats, you know, like a couple of years, arguably in new England with James white with the dump offs, he's, he's throwing the ball and without Tom Brady, this is an eight and nine team. I, I have to give it to, to Tom Brady. Me for number one, I have Matt Stafford. I, I like how our top three is all different, same guys but mm-hmm. different orders. But I have Matt Stafford at number one. 
the Rams offense has been extremely efficient. Cooper Cup and the Matthew Stafford connection has been absolutely lethal. Sean McVay finally has a quarterback he believes can, you know, get this team over the hump. Jared Goff got them to the Super Bowl. I believe Matthew Stafford can win this team a Super Bowl and he's done he's done everything he's needed to so far. You can say I'm biased, but when you're on pace for 7,000 yards in a season, you got to be my MVP, and that's going to be Derek Carr. 1,200 passing yards in four games puts him, or in three games puts him just over 400 yards a game. Uh, and without Derek Carr, uh, <laughs> I don't know where the Raiders would be right now. He's been so that, good. That's a good argument. Obviously, I've watched the games closer than every single other team uh, yeah. just because I watched the Raiders and they're my team. But he's been amazing. Like just about every single throw he's made this year has been right on the money. He's made maybe two mistakes this year. Uh, first one I'm blanking on right now, but the second one was his, his pick six against Miami. But you could even chalk that up to a little bit of miscommunication with Foster Moreau. Uh, the other pick that he threw in the Baltimore game wasn't really his fault. I mean, he threw it too hard, but Willie Sneed went right through his Well, hand. it was his fault for throwing the ball to Willie Sneed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but besides that, I mean, Carr's been amazing and he's, he's the best leader right now, uh, in my opinion, in football, uh, for this Raiders team. And so I'm going to take Derek as my number one guy on to our one depoy guy. Do you guys have any honorable mentions before we get into the one depoy? I think it's a one, two right now. So, you know, the guy that, uh, we don't say is going to be the honorable mention, Mm -hmm. right? All right. Well, uh, my guy's Miles Garrett. Yeah. Uh, for obvious reasons, this dude's an animal. Um, he's just going to keep racking up numbers. Uh, man. I mean, ever, ever since that, uh, incident with even before, but, but specifically ever since the incident with Rudolph, he's, uh, forgot that happened. No, just been on an absolute tear, you know, wins man of the year. Uh, and I guess what happens when you're a great man on the field, you're a bad man on the field. So, uh, he's just, he's tearing it up. Yeah, I have Miles Garrett as well. Obviously, honorable mentions go to J.C. Jackson, who I think has been very good this year, and Chandler Jones. But for all the reasons Scott I mentioned and the four-and-a-half sacks this past week, Miles Garrett's my choice for Depoy. Uh, I had a couple honorable mentions. Uh, Chandler Jones is one of them. Uh, five sacks in the first game, and he hasn't really done too much since, but I'm sure the schemes against him have been absolutely crazy. Uh, second honorable mention is a guy nobody's mentioned, but has three picks this year, and that's Trayvon Diggs. He's been making a mm-hmm. huge step up in, he was in great the Cowboys last night. secondary. He was uh, great. He had the big pick six uh, that kind of, I would say, put the game away, but it, it really shifted the momentum in that game to be it slightly to Dallas' side to all the way on Dallas' side. He's been amazing uh, for the Cowboys, and just exactly what they need for this young and honestly pretty exciting defense in, in Dallas with my, Michael Parsons and him. But my number one guy is Miles Garrett. <laughs> one man wrecking crew last week against. Uh, actually, I wouldn't say one man. It, it was it was the whole damn team that was doing a, uh, things for uh, Cleveland. But four and a half sacks in that game. He was unblockable. And there's there's one move that NFL posted on their Instagram, I think, where he just like he juked out the, the lineman. Where he just like it looked like the video got cut, and, and so it was like. He makes like a hero step type moves and he's just by the guy. And there's comments that Jedrick Wills said, this is literally unblockable. Like there's nothing that you can do against this guy. I think that's true. You can't do one-on-one. That's for sure. All right. 
we did the depoy. We did the MVP. Now let's do rookie of the year. We're, we're not doing offensive. We're not doing defensive. Just one general award. Uh, we have our top three for each. Do you guys have any honorable mentions before we get into this one? Um, Rondo Moore would be my honorable mention. That's a good one. I am not going to have one for this week. <laughs> I said uh, Aziz Aljolari. Oh, Sorry, it's a tough last name to say with all the syllables. Uh, but he's been really good for the Giants. Uh, second round pick out of Georgia has been living up to the hype. And then Jalen Waddle, I'd say, was the second, second honorable mention. I really don't think he uh, should be close to this list. Uh, but 12 catches, that's a pretty big game. Uh, so I'll put him there. I like I like to mention one more guy. Um, oh geez, Michael Parsons. I don't think he's put up the stats so far, but he's since he's been, moved to uh, the outside, he's been very disruptive. Yeah, he's been the the focal point. I think uh, when you're game planning against against mm-hmm. that Cowboys defense, and they, they've done a good job against him. But he, you can tell that 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 dude's gonna be a fucking menace once he uh, really starts to develop into this league. But number three. Let's gotta go ahead. All right. My number three guy is going to be Jamar Chase. He's the number one offensive guy. Took Mac Jones off the board here. Jamar Chase has been a favorite target for, well, I mean, Burrow does have three favorite targets, but he has good. They got a, they got a special uh, connection here. Jamar Chase. Great year so far. For me, I have Najee Harris, number three. Hasn't quite got the ground attack going like he should, but what was it? 14 catches this week. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been very valuable through the air. He's going to be good once the Steelers sure up that offensive line. You you can see the potential there. Yeah, three for me is going to be Jamar Chase. Uh, he, out of 11 receptions, he already has four touchdowns, which is pretty crazy. And he's been that deep ball guy for Joey Burrow, just like he was in college for him at LSU. Uh, he's been fun connection to watch. I think once this connection gets a couple more years under the belt, say year three for Jamar Chase – he has a very legitimate shot to be like a very like a top five receiver in this this league. Now on yeah. to number two. All right, my number two guy is Micah Parsons from Dallas. You guys summed it up pretty well. Uh, first two weeks he was great as a middle linebacker. Now he's playing on the edge. He's getting a couple sacks, tackles for loss. He's uh, he's a monster. Yeah. Uh, number two for me, I have Jamar Chase. You guys have already talked about it, so I won't get too much into it. But, you know, he's he's been the deep threat for that Cincinnati offense. He hasn't had trouble catching the balls like some people worried about. Very good receiver. Going to be very good for many years. Number two for me, I went with Asante Samuel. Uh, Asante Samuel Jr., that is, not yes. his dad. But uh, he has been really, really good. And I, I feel like out of college, we kind of just knew that this guy was going to be one of the most NFL-ready uh, safeties in the draft. He he's not like raw. He he's very refined as far as young safeties go. And I think we're sh- seeing that right now. He already has two picks in his young career. A uh, couple more passes, defense, and a tackle for loss. I mean, whenever safeties are coming up or, or cornerbacks are coming up and, and doing that, it's it's pretty pretty special. I think Asante mm-hmm. Samuel is going to be good in this league. Now on to number one. All right, my number one is Zaven Collins. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, what has he done actually? Uh, he gets like two tackles a game. A- Arizona, can you get this guy on the field, please? I mean, I know they... don't don't change what's uh, yeah, damn, what's not broken. Tackles. Whatever, don't fix what's not broken. You know what I mean? I mean, but, uh... if if trends 
do what they do. I mean, we saw Isaiah Simmons not be used too well last year when yeah. we thought he was the best player ever in that draft class last year. Mm. Uh, now he's a leading tackler this year. So there is that. Yeah. All right. So the real number one guy is what Zayvon Collins should be doing right now. It's Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. Dude's mm. all over the field. Sacks, tackle for loss, pass deflections. He was especially a beast uh, against the Bears last week. And uh, he's the front runner right now. He's I'm one of the only – uh, sorry. I was going to no, say – go ahead. Other, other than Chase, I think he's the other elite um, rookie player so far. At a, in only three games, of course, but mm-hmm. – uh, I'm not going to lie, I didn't do my due diligence on mm-hmm. Uso Caramelo, so I was not sure what he had done so far. But, you know, going into the draft process, he was a guy I liked, and I thought he mm-hmm. fell, so I'm glad he's doing good. But for me, I do have Asante Samuel Jr., number one, and that one pains me to say because I really wanted the Niners to take this guy, and instead they took, yeah. I can't even remember the dude's name, Aaron Banks, a uh, guard out of Notre Dame, who's been a healthy scratch the first three games for the Niners. Oh, wow. has yet to I know up. all about that. Um. <laughs> Denzel Mims. Yeah, I mean, this is the guy one of the Niners currently dealing with cornerback problems. It would be nice to see him in the red and gold, but as Kyle mentioned earlier, two interceptions, a tackle for loss. He's – dude's legit. Yeah, number one for me, I wish it could be J.C. Horn, and unfortunately he's not going to get that rookie of the year spot this year with his injury. Uh, he was my preseason pick. I thought he was going to be coming into the league and just go off, something that we just don't see – Often from uh, young defensive backs. Shout out to Corey Davis scoring two touchdowns against them in his first game. Uh, but and, I mean, J.C. Horn was pretty damn good though. In the time yes. that he was in, yes, he was he was a big uh, physical corner, and he's a fun guy to watch. But obviously now with the broken foot, we won't see that. So we'll see C.J. Henderson in his place, but he's not a rookie. So I'm going with Najee Harris, number one. Uh, even though he hasn't done too much on the ground, the 20 catches is something I'm pretty impressed about with Najee. Uh, he's going to be a guy that is going to have probably like 1500, 1600 yards this season, uh, all purpose with receiving and rushing combined. And when you have that many yards as a rookie, I think it's a, it's a pretty good case, uh, to, to be the, the number one guy in, in the rookie of the year voting. All right. Now on to our layups and bull predictions and our game of the week, the return of the game of the week. Yeah. Uh, so our layups last week, it was just me and Skyler here. Uh, I had the Titans minus five versus Indianapolis. And that did happen. And Skyler had Denver minus 10 and a half versus the Jets. And that obviously did happen. 26 point victory for the Broncos this week. I have the Titans versus the Jets. So kind of a mix and match of our bets last week. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a seven and a half, uh, line right now. I think that will probably jump to probably about 12 to 13, maybe 14 once game time hits. Uh, so take the Titans right now. All right. I'm taking Tampa Bay minus six and a half at new England. Brady's coming off of one of his worst losses in a couple of years. Now going back home, he's going to be pissed off. He's going to have an Aaron Rodgers type game. Uh, like he did against, I'm sorry, Brad. I, I, I don't mean that. I just, you know, you know, the history there. Rodgers hates yeah, the I Niners. I do. He had to have a hey, crazy he, comeback. He did want to come to the Niners though. I don't know if you saw the reports, but the Niners were his number one pick and Shanahan basically said, no, Shanahan so, said no. That's that's what I've heard. I've heard Shanahan was the guy that said no. So the lip here is Shanahan stupid. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm I, yeah, I, yeah, pretty much. But for system. me, 
for me, my layup, I think this is I think this is a hit if you bet on it right now. Browns one and a half point favors versus the Vikings. Vikings did look good last week. However, I think the Browns are a better roster top to bottom. I yeah. think this will be I, I think this is a like it's like the like the segment is called. I think this is a layup. Yeah, it's it's a better matchup for uh Cleveland, definitely. Yeah. On to our bold predictions where I got mine wrong last week. Skeller got his right. Uh, I had New England beating New Orleans. I thought that was going to be a better game for Mac Jones. I had a little bit of confidence in him. Uh, Saints defense played well. Uh, Mac Jones did not play well. And New Orleans won by a healthy margin. And Skeller had Notre Dame winning at Wisconsin or at Soldier Field, I should say, yeah. in Chicago. That was a fun game uh, until the last few minutes when there was just a defensive touchdown after defensive touchdown by Notre Dame, but Skyler gets it right. I mean, as... come on Vegas, really this defense against Graham Mertz, who turns the ball over like it's jello. Like, come on guys. Like it's <laughs> jello. jello. I really don't understand that reference there, but uh, jello. have you ever tried to hold jello Kyle? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, unless you turn your hand over the jello, how about matter. a pound of jello? It'll just, how about like an apple turnover, hands. like an actual turnover? You know? Yeah, sure. That's better. Yeah. Or Trevor Lawrence. AKA yeah. Zach Wilson too. Uh, but bold prediction this week, I'm going to go Carolina over Dallas. Dallas, I think is a five point favorite right now. I think that game is in Dallas as well. Honestly going to be a pretty fun game to watch too. Uh, two teams that have impressed so far and we're going to get to see them on, I don't know if this is going to be on national TV, but since it's Dallas, I assume it will be. Uh, and it's going to be a fun game. All right. I'm going with Maryland to upset number five, Iowa at home yesterday. The wow. spread was minus seven for Iowa today. It's three and a half Vegas. Is that, is hopping that on two the his brother? Two was brother. Yes. Tyula Tulua. No clue. Anyways, I've been watching and Trayvon, <laughs> Mon- Trayvon Mullen's brothers on that team too. Past couple of weeks. Okay, Maryland's undefeated. I don't know how they're not ranked. Tua has 10 touchdowns, only one pick. He's top five in passing yards. Tua? Sorry, t- to his brother. <laughs> <laughs> See? And Iowa last week played really bad at home against Colorado State, who's one of the worst teams in all of the FBS. So I'm taking Maryland. I'm going to take the Lions over the Bears Ooh. outright. Lions 0-3. However... To be honest, I've been impressed with the Lions 0-3. I think they play hard. I think the Bears, you know, showed signs of weakness last week, really struggled. And right now the Bears don't know who they're going to start at quarterback. I'd assume it will be Justin Fields if Dalton can't go. But there's also been talk Nick Foles is back in the mix. I think the Lions are going to take advantage, come home with a dub. Yeah, Lions, I think, are, besides maybe the Colts, are probably the most uh, impressing team uh, out of the Owen three teams right now they've mm-hmm. stayed in every single game when they've played good teams so there's that on to game of the week a return of a segment that we mm-hmm. kind of dropped out once the nfl season stopped last year but it's returning and my game of the week is going to be las vegas visiting uh los angeles and playing the chargers in their vacation home on monday night football we already know what this, the fans are going to be like at that game there's going to be majority silver and black there which is good to see because LA is run by the Raiders and yeah, hopefully we're four and uh, when we're coming back to this. All right. Next week. <laughs> Mine's going to be Ole Miss at Alabama 12 at one guys. Alabama should win this game. Quarterback. Duel. Ole Miss has 
historically been bad on the defense. Uh, but this year they're a little better. They target a lot more, but they cover more ground. <laughs> Uh, the real story here is Matt Corral from Ole Miss. He's going to put on a show against Alabama, and it's going to put him on the map that I've been writing for the past two years. Skyler's map. My map. Yeah. So I think Bama will take this game, but there's going to be a show to watch. There we go. For me, much like Kyle, I'm taking my team. I'm taking the Niners at home versus Seahawks. Not only is this one of the bigger rivalries in the NFL, this is a big game for both teams, in my opinion. The Seahawks come into this game one and two. They need a win, especially in this division. And the Niners, in my opinion, also need a win. Even though it's an early season, Cardinals have looked great. Rams have looked great. Niners need a win to stay afloat in that division. So I think it's going to be close physical game. It's going to come down to if the Niners can stop DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. That, that's going to be what decides this game. Yeah, and uh, that's really one team that we didn't talk about too much today was the Seahawks, and uh, they're one and two. And uh, mm-hmm. I know they've played some some crazy games so far, but one mm-hmm. and two uh, for this team is not really something that we expected. And after the Niners this week, they have a very quick week and play the Rams. So that's going to be a fun one next month. That's tough. I think, honestly, they just did match up great with Minnesota. That was kind of a trap game for them. I it, think Seattle's going to be all right, though. Their defense has Hopefully been what, what's really struggled. They just they they're on the field so much that it, it makes it tough. Uh, offense is good, obviously, but I don't know. Something about their defense saw, just isn't it. I know this will make Scott happy. I saw some uh, Jamal Adams stats. I believe he has no interceptions, no sacks, no tackles for loss. Uh, has allowed six catches on eight targets for about seventy yards. So, wow. all right, uh, got him. Put him in the box, dude. He's blitz boy. But uh, this has been episode 55. Twitter's uh, out of Max Sports. Twitter is out of Max Sports. Go vote in our poll next week. If there's a Bills player in it, it's going to be won by the Bills player. So uh, <laughs> keep your eyes open for, for that next Monday night. Uh, turn on Twitter notifications, Instagram notifications, because we're posting a lot more now with the NFL season back up. Our Instagram is out of Max Sports. YouTube, TikTok, Immaculate Sports. Favorite number 55. Earl Hershiser. Sammy Lynch baby. Freak. The freak. That's those are two good answers. Uh, but yeah. Episode 55, and we are out. We will see you guys next week. Go Jets. Deuces.